Hear that? It's the sound of you catching up on all the latest and greatest fintech news, trends, and updates thanks to Streetworthy, Yield Street's bi-weekly newsletter. Stay in the know with CEO Melinda Mahiri as he takes a closer look at what's happening in the fintech space, then breaks down what each story could mean for investors like you. Give your portfolio the edge it deserves and subscribe to Streetworthy on LinkedIn today. Welcome to The Yield, the official podcast of Yield Street. Every week, we bring you the latest market insights across our asset classes and products from subject matter experts. Our aim is to break the outdated mold of investing and help you add financial fuel to your ambitions through innovative investing products and strategies, typically unavailable to most investors. Realize your next level with The Yield. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. The views you are about to hear do not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street. This podcast is intended to be strictly informational and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a research report, investment advice, or the offer or sale of securities or any investment product. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live episode of The Yield. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube and leave a review if you're enjoying the content. In case you haven't met before, I'm your host, Peter Kerr, and I'm the Director of Product Marketing here at Yieldtreat. Today, I'm joined by Hamed Abbasi, who is co-founder and CEO of Pluto, an all-in-one B2B payments and receivable platform that provides greater financial control. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you today. And you know, certainly, I imagine your, your journey to kind of um, founding Pluto is, is probably long and interesting. So maybe you could start there with you know, sort of a little bit of your background and then how you came about creating Pluto. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think uh, an entrepreneur's journey is best described by this like, meme I saw, which you know, everybody thinks it's uh, up to the right corner. Uh, and, and in reality, it's more like a roller coaster with many ups and downs and twists and turns. Uh, but I actually started my career at Bank of Montreal, which is a large bank here in Canada. And uh, I spent a number of years there um, uh, dealing with a lot of small businesses. Uh, but I, you know, I loved that aspect of the job, the dealing with the, uh, the businesses that came in and then needed our assistance. However, I just hated the mundaneness of, of the job. So I actually left uh, my banking job to go and start a gaming company back in 20. 10 and didn't know anything about starting a business, let alone a gaming company. I just enjoyed gaming and I just thought that would be a cool thing to do. And, and uh, we started that, learned everything uh, about running a company. Um, we got very lucky. A few years later, we got acquired and then we decided to start Pluto because it, it was one of the biggest problems we had when we were running our own company uh, and, and the amount of time that we would have to put on payments and managing our cash and expenses and finances it just took so much of our time. So uh, just like most entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we try to solve a problem that we experienced firsthand. And, and that was the genesis of Pluto. And we've been building it since then. So maybe, um, you know, it'd probably be worthwhile for the listeners just to hear you go a little bit deeper on sort of what Pluto is doing. And you mentioned, you know, some of the struggles managing finances for small businesses, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on what exactly Pluto does solve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what Pluto does uh, is 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 very simple. We help small and medium sized businesses manage their payments easier and and faster. Uh, and you might be uh, you might ask, well, why does that matter? And if you look at the statistic, seventy uh, percent of businesses fail 
due to poor management of cash flow. It is the number one reason why most SMBs fail. And that's a very small percentage of companies that survive because most SMBs actually fail within the first uh, couple of years. And then the ones that survive, 70% of them go on to to fail uh, in the next 10 years. So very few businesses um, actually uh, survive and thrive. Uh, And and we want to change that because we live in a world that was built by uh, SMBs and entrepreneurs, um, whether you are, whether, you know, the computer I'm using or movies I watch or the music I stream, these were all products and experiences that were created by entrepreneurs and SMBs. And we want to help them survive and thrive. And in order to do that, we have to solve the biggest problem that they have, which is managing cash flow. So how do we do that is for most SMBs, payables and receivables are the biggest component of cash flow because there isn't really much more sophistication for most uh, SMBs beyond payables and receivables. However, those two processes take a very, very long time uh, because they're mostly paper-based. They're not electronic. uh, It takes a very long time to uh, reconcile your invoices and bills. Somebody has to manually enter everything into the accounting software. And the problem just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you scale because now you need to put in control and you have team members and you have multiple bank accounts and different currencies. So the problem becomes really, really big and uh, very time consuming to manage. Um, And what we want to do is that we want to eliminate that. So what Pluto does is that it completely automates that entire process. So everything from data entry to payment processing, to reconciliation, to control, to audit, it is all automated and and streamlined on a single platform. So an SMB would come into our platform, they would register a free account, they would link their bank account, they would link their accounting software, and then that's it. Then they can manage all of their outgoing payments as well as incoming incoming payments on a single platform. And then we take care of all the reconciliation and data entry and everything else that goes uh, with it end to end. Well, that's really, that's really interesting. You've mentioned quite a few times, um, small and medium sized businesses, SMBs. What's your definition just so people can understand the size of companies that are really benefiting from Pluto. And also as interesting enough, you know, those that companies that start off at certain size, you know, and their likelihood to succeed. Absolutely. So to us, small business, the traditional definition of a small business is any company under 500 employees. However, typically what our experience has been is is around 200 to 250 employees are where most businesses um, don't make it. In fact, most businesses don't even have employees. So under five employees is pretty much like 99% of the businesses in terms of like actual number of businesses that exist in North America. So if you were to look at the total number of businesses in North America, there's 32 million uh, between the United States and Canada. And out of those 32 million, 99% of them don't even have more than five employees. So our definition is not the traditional one that goes up to 500. Our sweet spot for our customers is around 200, 250 employees. But you know, very few companies take, make it to that level. Yeah. So, 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 you know, I'm just trying to imagine this, this whole process and you talked a lot about, you know, the accounting component, right. And then also there's just kind of managing, you know, working capital to make sure obviously, you know, there's, there's money available to fund the business. Right. Um, you know, but you also mentioned, you know, I don't, or maybe you can also elaborate then on, on how Pluto kind of participates in, you know, connecting to any point of sale services or anything else. Like if you were to get an invoice, right. Or you receive an order, 
um, you know, how do you go about in getting that involved in Pluto? And also I'm curious yeah. what, what Pluto sort of optimizes for, right? Is there a specific amount of cash that you need in a predictable basis in order for those companies to see their failure rate increase, you know, by, by whatever the multiple is? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So what I would say, if, if you're just thinking about the, the process of, uh, let's say you invoicing one of your customers, typically the way that you would have to do is you would have to go to your bookkeeper or your accountant would go to the accounting software. It would issue the invoice. Uh, the invoice would go to the other company's team, the finance team. They would have to process it. Typically takes anywhere from maybe 15 to 30 days, all the way to 90 days to get paid. And then when you get that payment, it's typically in a form of a check or in rare cases, it can be like virtual cards or digital payments. But in most cases, uh, uh, it, it is a check. Uh, close to 10 billion business, business to business checks are issued every single year. And the number is like pretty consistent. It, it hasn't really gone down. Um, and then what you would have to do with that check is that you would have to take it to the bank, deposit it, or take a picture of it, deposit it into your bank. And then you would have to go and reconcile that, right? So you would have to basically mark that in your accounting software at the end of the month, reconcile it with your bank statements. And once you do that for your expenses, you now have visibility into how much cash there is left in your bank account. Uh, and then that is the cash that you can use to invest back into your business, hire more people or make investments in different different areas of your business to be successful. Our vision is to completely make that process real time and automate it. So what we have done with our platform is that the process that I just talked about, it's completely, I mean, it goes from something that takes two weeks to something that takes a couple of clicks to get done. So, so that process in Pluto is simply pressing a button to import your invo uh, invoices or bills into the platform. We then send that out to your suppliers or customers. So we present it to them. So if we have them in our network, we basically send them an email and say that this information is available and they can see the details of that invoice or, or bill. If they're not in our network, then we send them a, a basically a paper check and we let them know that uh, they're getting paid or there's a request for a payment. They process it on the other side, whether it's a supplier or a customer on the other side of the network processes it. And then what Pluto does is that it routes it correctly to your bank account. So if your customer, like let's say, is paying you from JP Morgan Chase, we actually debit that account from JP Morgan Chase. We put it into your bank account, let's say in Bank of America, and then we go to your bank account automatically uh, and uh, extract that transaction to history. And then we can reconcile it to what is in your accounting software. Um, so it's a pretty boring process. You know, it, it takes a lot of time and effort and manual intervention, I guess, to handle it. And it, and it just simply takes so much time to process every single payment. Uh, and typically like companies have to hire like, many people, whether it's a controller or a bookkeeper to handle these transactions. And they're very low value add task. Whereas what Pluto does is that it basically can debit the funds, put it in your account. It shows up in your bank account. You wake up, you don't have to do anything. The money's in your account or in case of your supplier, money shows up in their bank account. They don't have to do anything. And then all the digital records are available for you. So you can go back to it. You have an audit uh, trail. You can see how much money was in your bank account. In terms of how much money is or how much uh, capital is, is required for your business to thrive or I guess survive even, that is really... Um, 
that's a tough question because there are just so many different types of businesses and, and these businesses all have different needs and, and different capital structure and requirements. And, um, and I feel like we need to look at our data and see if, we can, if there is an answer to this. Uh, I find this a really uh, interesting question, but the, we've never looked into it. Well, it's probably something at least anecdotally, right? Like, you know, presumably if the, the business is going to survive, you need revenues to be greater than your cost. So presumably you know, <laughs> shortening up the time period from getting that money, even if you shorten up the time frame from which you deliver money to your suppliers, likely overall just benefits people. Uh, the other thing that you're bringing up that I think is really interesting is that like you think about, you know, who may or may not have the potential to be successful in starting a small business. Um, and you think about all the skill sets that maybe are required in some regards to, um, you know, to, to be successful. And you think, you know, some of those are not necessarily going to be, to be a great accountant or someone who's great at finance, but however, you know, historically you've needed to have that skill set either on payroll or, you know, as yourself in order to succeed. And this kind of reduces some of those, um, some of those failure points, right. For companies and just kind of enables people maybe without those skill sets to still succeed. Absolutely. Because if you, um, I mean, running a business is a very complex process and most entrepreneurs, I mean, including myself, when I started my first company, I didn't know anything about running a company. Like I didn't know anything about HR or, or legal or accounting or taxes, uh, employment law, like none of, none of that stuff. Uh, however, um, you know, we see a problem in the world and we want to solve that. And, and we believe we can, for some reason, I don't know why, but we believe that we can solve the problem better than anybody else can. And that's really the, the journey of most entrepreneurs is that they, they just want to make the world a better place uh, and, and they want to build something. However, when you get into it, you realize how complex that can be and, and how much support you need from so many different people. And uh, in order to be successful, we believe this is a small part of what you need to be successful because we are taking a very complex process that you need because in order for you to survive as a business, just like you said, your revenues have to be higher than your expenses. I mean, that is the first thing that you have to do. So if we can just solve that for you, so you don't need to spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure this out, then that is time that you can spend more on running your business and hiring and, and uh, inventing uh, the future or inventing better products. Uh, but because you have to, and most SMBs do, spend so much time on having to see what is in your bank account and how much of that cash that's in your bank account is actually your cash versus what you need to pay your suppliers just to be in business. If we can just solve that for you, then that's time that you can take away and, and put towards your business. And I know when I was running the gaming company, uh, um, when I was running my first uh, company, uh, I would spend pretty much a day out of uh, out of my week uh, on on these processes. Um, in fact, I would not even have weekends for the first like uh, two years of us starting that company because I would just spend it on on trying to manage our finances. And I did a terrible job at it, by the way. So thank God we have we have a great finance uh, team right now that uh, and and they fired me from that job very early on. So, so I'm kind of curious, you, you've talked a lot about through your own experiences, some of the challenges facing like SMBs, like, you know, you mentioned obviously accounting payments, you know, managing, you know, your working capital as being one of them. What are some of the other big challenges that, you know, these SMBs do face? 
obviously right now the the topic that is really everywhere is is hiring because ultimately as a small business uh, owner you're competing with every other business out there for talent uh, and, and nowadays we live in a world where talent really determines uh, whether you're going to succeed as a business or, or not and so as business uh, as entrepreneurs you have uh, we have to do everything that we can to get the best people and and get them motivated for the work that they're doing and and right now that is one of the toughest things to hire the right people and even find the right people for your business. Uh, so obviously that is something that I personally spend a lot of time on and that is like in addition to everything else that you have to do finding the right talent and nurturing and scaling that talent is is a big part of any entrepreneur's job. Oh, very interesting. And so, you know, you 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 mentioned up front, you know, sort of this um partnership if you will or at least an integration between the accounting softwares and also what Pluto offers. You know, when you think forward about, you know, 2022 and beyond, how much longer does that remain a partnership and, or, you know, what are some of the other, you know, uh, areas for Pluto to expand? Do you kind of go deeper with what you do now, or do you also start maybe thinking about other ways to help improve, you know, the financial business management side of a, a company, including maybe developing accounting software, et cetera, just to kind of be more integrated into Pluto? Yeah, it, it can. Uh, that's a great question because the process, it can become a very complex process, right? I mean, I sometimes tell, um, uh, I remember I was talking to one of our investors the other day and I was telling him how Pluto has had to build, when it started, it had to build five different companies in order to achieve what it wanted to do. Because payments is not just as simple as, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to connect to the bank account and, and send and receive a payments. No, there's uh, risk involved, there's regulation involved, there is uh, AML, KYC, which are basically anti-money laundering and know your customer regulation that is involved. So, so much of running a business, like a finance uh, or a payment company, has nothing to do with, with payments, actually. It, it has to do with everything else that goes around payments. So when we look at the future of our company and where we want to go, I wouldn't say that accounting is an area that, that we're so much interested in because there are a lot of other companies that are doing a fantastic job, including Zero or QuickBooks, um, uh, which are like the two main uh, accounting platforms that are used by small business, medium-sized businesses. They're doing a really great job in that. Where we believe we can add value to our customers is to increase the velocity uh, to access cash, right? And, and if we can get that cash in your hand as quickly as possible, then we believe that, that we've done our job. So everything that has to do with us streamlining your process so we can get that cash into your bank account and, and allow you to hold on to that cash as much as possible, that's where we're investing in. So what that means is that the payment, the core payment infrastructure is where we're making a lot of investments. And then the workflow and the processes that that exist in your APAR process, that's where we're making a lot of investment as well. So, so you also mentioned, you know, before we started, when we were just catching up, you know, someone comes to a small, medium-sized business, swipes their credit card, that money typically doesn't actually arrive to the small, medium-sized business for, you know, five, maybe seven days total. So, you know, you've also mentioned, I think, you know, really shortening some of those periods and getting the cash to the businesses quicker. What are some of the, one, the frictions that exist there? And then how do you guys go about solving them to try to, you know, again, shorten that period? 
Yeah, so um, what I would say to that is that there's a lot of great innovation that is happening in the industry right now. If you, if nobody really pays a lot of attention to payments, I guess, like really only the past few years with, there's been a lot of discussion around blockchain and Bitcoin. So payment is has been like a topic de jour, I guess, uh, for a lot of people. However, a lot of the payment infrastructure that exists today um, was built back in 70s and 80s. And, and it was updated a little bit in the 90s, but it hasn't really been touched for a very, very long time. Uh, payment settlement is not real time. Banks still don't communicate with one another um, in real time. Every payment has to go to a central clearinghouse, and, and that's where payments get settled between financial institutions. And that's not real time. There's investments into this space to make it real time, but it doesn't exist. So in case of you going to a store and buying a coffee, you tap your credit card and you think the transaction is instant. Uh, but in reality, it's, it's not. The authorization is instant. However, the settlement takes many days. So that coffee shop owner may not even get the money for anywhere from three to seven business days, sometimes even up to 14 business days. Uh, and, and that is very tough because that business owner has to buy the coffee, they have to produce it, they have to pay the employee, and they have to sell that to you. And now they have to wait that period to get that cash in their bank account. So that gap becomes a really big problem for a lot of businesses. And that's why they can't scale because there's just simply not enough cash to scale. So with the, where we find this really interesting is that making the innovation that is happening on the payment side to make that settlement real time is, is going to be really cool and, and something that we're investing a lot as well into as we go into 2022 and beyond. And you mentioned just kind of as, as far as, you know, under the whole kind of payments ecosystem, you know, this blockchain slash, you know, um, you know, um, digital coin component, you know, how does Pluto kind of view that and, and how does that, uh, you know, play a role if at all into kind of, you know, what you do for your, for small, uh, medium-sized businesses? Yeah, that's a, that's a really fascinating subject because we actually started as a Bitcoin blockchain company back in 2016. We were a blockchain company for the first nine months of our existence. Uh, and what was really fascinating and why we had to pivot out of it is that when we went to our customers and, and we told them about blockchain and about Bitcoin and, and the benefits of it, most SMBs really didn't care about it. What they wanted is they just wanted their payments process and they wanted us to reduce the friction that exists in their day-to-day -day operations. They don't really care about that infrastructure. And I guess this is this is one of the reasons why um, the infrastructure has been the same since like, you know, 80s, 70s and 80s. It's been really pretty much the same uh, because most people really didn't care about it. So what we had to do is that we had to pivot from blockchain and Bitcoin and take the technology that we had built and put it on top of the existing payment rails so we could basically process payments from banks and credit unions for our customers because that's where they operate it. However, I do see an opportunity with, with smart contracts. I, I find like that could be really interesting for us. I think uh, ultimately payments is all about trust. And how do you confirm that an invoice exists? And how do you confirm that a bill exists? And if it and is it real? Is it valid? So there's a lot of trust in commerce. And right now we don't really have a good solution. There's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of, you know, you could create fake invoices and, and put them in your uh, accounting software. Uh, but with smart contracts and, and being able to trace the validity of these items back, it will 
open up a whole new world when it comes to uh, SMB financing, uh, factoring, things like that, where we find really interesting over the next like five years or so. Uh, and, and if blockchain or, or other coins become relevant to SMBs, then that is something that we can plug back into Pluto immediately. But it is not something that we're hearing from a lot of our customers. There's a lot of, I guess, excitement around blockchain and Bitcoin overall in the media, but we're just not seeing the same thing with SMBs or our customers. Got it. And, and so in the future, do you see, you know, some of these SMBs starting to accept more digital payments that, or, you know, more crypto payments that, or blockchain-based payments than cash transactions? Or do you think it's something that they'll kind of push off for as long as they can? One of the things that you have to understand is that a lot of the banks that service small and medium-sized businesses are not big fans of, of Bitcoin or other type of cryptocurrency. And, and the reason for it it goes back to what I talked about earlier, which is around money laundering and, and regulation and everything that, that exists around that. And the smaller you are, the higher the chances are that you don't have the controls necessary in your business to be able to catch money laundering or other illegal activities. So because of that, a lot of banks don't really necessarily service SMBs that are processing uh, cryptocurrencies and they try to not service them. So I think that is the first thing that we need to deal with is like, how do we accept uh, cryptocurrency everywhere and get banks and other financial institutions comfortable to serve small businesses that want to process cryptocurrency. Um, and once that happens, then I think it's going to open it up to everybody. But at this time, we're not there. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of benefits if we can get there in terms of like cost and in terms of you know benefits that we could bring to uh, to small businesses. But right now, the comfort level is not there. Very interesting. Yeah. I guess it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we certainly see it becoming a growing conversation. So I imagine it's more imminent than, uh, than something really far down the road. I'm also curious just with your background in gaming kind of developing a gaming company, like, you know, obviously within crypto, within, you know, certainly stock markets, you know, there's a lot of gamification, if you will, of, of yeah. kind of investing and trading. I'm just kind of curious with your unique background. Um, if you have any thoughts on kind of, you know, how the Reddit culture and everything else has kind of influenced financial markets where, you know, frankly, these aren't viewed as long-term investments like they used to be. It's really just about, you know, kind of hopping on the right coin at the right time you yeah. know, in, in its infancy. And again, a lot of this has been, you know, uh, anecdotally related to, you know, the gamification of, of, of investing. For sure. For sure. What's really interesting is that, uh, the word Pluto has the word loot in the middle of it. So a lot of people ask me about the origin of the name Pluto, and Pluto comes from the word Plutus, which is god of wealth. But we don't want to sound Greek, so so we changed the spelling of it, so it's Pluto. And then in the middle, there's L-O-O-T, which is loot, which is a reference. It's a gaming reference, right? Like if you, if you play, if, if you loot something in a game, uh, for your listeners who are not really familiar with that, uh, it's basically like you get a small reward. And with gaming, I'm a strong believer in, in cryptocurrency, in, in gaming, because it is perfect for that world. Uh, there's this concept in gaming called microtransactions, where you spend very tiny amounts of money to purchase uh, you know, a rare sword or a rare costume or a rare character. Um, and right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that, because if, if you, let's say something costs a, like a, a magic potion costs a dollar in a game 
Well, Visa and MasterCard are taking 3% of that, right? So card networks are cutting into your margin. So that may not sound like a lot of money, but it adds up very, very quickly if you're processing a good amount of volume through your game. Whereas with cryptocurrency, that can that can be eliminated because you can do, you don't need to sell something for a dollar or $10. You can sell something for one cent if you want, right? And and the processing costs are going to be significantly lower, which, which allows you to build a game that can be distributed to many, many more customers customers because they don't have to spend as much. And then you benefit from reducing your, your uh, uh, processing costs and, and access to, to funds. A again, this is whole concept of like anti-money laundering that comes into this space. Uh, and that is like a, something that gamers have to figure out, I guess, or the gaming community has to figure out. But I'm a big, big fan of cryptocurrency being used in gaming. Uh, and then, you know, you, what you're describing as far as like, like the magic potion, the rarities that exist within a game are, are, you know, drawing strong parallels to NFTs. How do you think about it along those terms? I really want to understand NFT and I've looked really hard into it. I don't know. I, I just turned 36. So maybe I'm just getting old, you know, too old for it. <laughs> I don't understand like the, you know, spending $60 million for a digital asset, but, but does it make sense to you in the context of the <laughs> game, right? At reasonable prices. And then just, it loses some of its, you know, plausibility just at, you know, some of these exorbitant prices. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, I think the value of something is what somebody is willing to pay for it. Right. So is, a magic potion worth $10,000? Sure, if it is the only magic potion that you can have in this popular game and you're the only one who can have it, absolutely it is worth. I remember uh, even before this whole NFT, games like World of Warcraft, where people would build characters and actually like sell those characters. And, and now with newer games, you see this happening all the time. So I, I think that the concept is, is really uh, great. It adds a whole additional way to monetize games, which you could not do in the past. Uh, so that allows you to invest more in the development of the game because you can monetize it through different channels. But would I buy an NFT myself? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I personally don't get it. <laughs> no, very, very fair. So any, any parting thoughts or actually I have one more question uh, first. Pluto currently, you know, really focusing on the, the, the Canada market. Any plans for expansion? Yeah, absolutely. So we just raised the around a few months back. So we're hiring like crazy. We've, we've uh, doubled the size of the team and uh, we're hiring a lot right now uh, in San Francisco and, and uh, looking for a couple of roles in New York and a lot of other areas. So absolutely. I, th I think uh, uh, small and medium-sized businesses in Canada are not that much different from small and medium-sized businesses anywhere in the U.S. And they have the same challenges and they have the same uh, needs as businesses in, in Canada. So we believe that we have a solution uh, that will allow these businesses to grow and thrive. Uh, and, and we want to bring that to as many customers as, as possible. Um, so absolutely, it is on our roadmap and, and we're making huge headway into, into U.S. in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, that's really exciting. So uh, with that, though, any parting thoughts or also maybe you can let everyone know how uh, people can find you and or Pluto? 
Absolutely. So the best way to to find me, I'm on all the different social media, but Pluto.com is is our website. And uh, uh, you can create a free account in a couple of minutes. And uh, if you need to message me, find me on LinkedIn or any other social media, I'm available. And reminder, that's Pluto, P-L-O-T-O.com. Yeah. That's so with that, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and for everyone else to listen to other episodes of The Yield, please visit and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. For any questions on YieldTreat, please visit www.yieldtreat.com or email us at investments at yieldtreat.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Yield. For the latest updates on the alternative investing space, go to YieldStreet.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as this will help other investors like yourself find our show. If you have any questions, please visit us at YieldStreet.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. The Yield Street podcast you just heard only reflects the opinions of the host, who is an associated person of Yield Street and does not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street or any of its affiliates or other associates. The podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security and is not an offer or sale of any securities or investment products. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended to be and should not be construed as investment advice. Support for this podcast comes from Yield Street. Trying to time the stock market can lead to regret. At Yield Street, our alternative investments are designed to create predictable secondary income streams, providing you with tools to help put your money to work immediately. These investments in asset classes like art, real estate, and legal finance typically have low correlation with the stock market and target annual yields up to 7 to 10%. Welcome to the next generation of investing. Welcome to Yield Street. Sign up today at YieldStreet.com.